So throughout the month of December here at Centralia Community Church, we have focused on the message of Advent, the very things expressed through the arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. It's really about understanding, but then also embodying the thrill of hope, the promise of peace, the anticipation of joy, the giving of love. These elements were in short supply among the Hebrew people in the first century, and yet I also believe here in the midst of 2020 that they're just as much in need within our own lives now as they were way back in that time. <clears throat> yes, it's been a crazy and unexpected and unanticipated year for sure. But I want to assure you that God continues to work. God continues to move. This evening, we consider what I believe to be the game changer, this scriptural principle of God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And with that, our theme for this evening, Christ in our world. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for a moment? <clears throat> Father, we come to you tonight, and Lord, on this wonderful evening of anticipation and celebration, God, we give you praise for what this night and the birth of Jesus, what it represents to our world, what it represents to us. Lord, I pray wherever we may be joining in, whether those here in person or many who are joining us online in various places, God, I pray that you would speak to us, that your spirit would reside with us as we go about our celebration of Christmas, God, as we consider that reality of Christ in our world. God, we honor you in this time, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In John's Gospel in the New Testament, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, are these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word referring to the Son of God, Jesus himself. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Several verses later, the Apostle John summarizes the life of Jesus here in verse 14 when he says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Some of you are familiar with how Eugene Peterson states this in the message version of the Bible when he describes it like this. His statement goes like this. He says, the word, referring to Jesus, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Don't you love that? It's, it is the reality of Christ in our world. It's the significance of Christ in your world. 
I want us to think about that for just a, a few moments. The experience of moving into the neighborhood. Moving into the neighborhood. I remember, amongst other experiences, I remember moving into the neighborhood just back behind here where the church is on Mount Vista back in 1982. Now, I realize many of your questions like, were you even alive in 82? You look so young. How is that possible? I assure you I was. 1982, our family moved here, moved from eastern Washington so my dad could take on a pastoral role, role here at Centralia Community Church. And we were excited for the move. I was excited. I was heading into middle school. I was excited because two of my cousins already lived here in the community. And between my cousins and many friends who were made over that course of time, we created, let's say, a lot of memories. I should probably air quote memories. I assure you, in one of those memories, I was not a part of the egging excursion, which I believe actually followed one of my birthday parties in high school, the egging excursion that took place down at Borst Park, just a few blocks that direction. What I will tell you is I was in a parked car with one of my friends, neither one of us wanted any part of it, but we were parked in the Centralia School District office parking lot with the seats kind of down low, just kind of trying to peer over and see what was going on about a block down. Now, while I was not a part of that, I will admit that I was an active part of a, in a series of toilet papering excursions that took place in the neighborhood. To be more specific, my family, living over on Mount Vista, was the recipient of five consecutive Saturday mornings of waking up with the whole front yard toilet papered. Now, my folks were in the first service, so I'm sure as I told the story in our earlier service that my dad can remember that time because I do remember when the fifth time rolled around, I remember that someone didn't even go with toilet paper. They went with butcher paper. I mean, there was some <clears throat> serious investment going on here that they took three-foot-wide butcher paper and somehow tried to just mess up the front yard. Now, my dad made it very clear after time number five, I think as a parent, I would have maybe made it to three. My dad made a point to say, you make sure the word gets out this weekend that that's not going to happen again, or there's going to be a problem if this happens six consecutive times. Now, guys, had I known that I was involved in using a precious commodity that would later come to pass in the year 2020, what we stockpiled freely for some of those weekend excursions, I could have held onto and sold for, man, thousands of dollars, right? All of these rolls of toilet paper. There's something about being in the neighborhood, right? Now, I don't know about you. You probably have your own stories in your neighborhood, remembering moving into a different neighborhood. Now, I can also remember when a family moved up from California and they actually built a nice home in kind of our extended neighborhood. 
And they had a daughter who caught the eye of several of us guys. They had a cute daughter. Now, it was a whole new meaning of someone moving into the neighborhood. Whole new incentive. That was the game changer for a teenage boy, right? But I digress. There's something unique and exciting about moving into the neighborhood. When we think of Jesus, the Son of God, taking up residence on earth, I think there's a tendency for us to think about Jesus in terms of coming into the unknown. Coming into this unknown place, far from heaven where Jesus had come from. But you know, the Apostle John reminds us in verse 10 there in John chapter 1, that he, being Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Though Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Friends, make no mistake that Jesus, who was there at creation in the Trinitarian God, the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that Jesus was there, he, he built the neighborhood. <laughs> he created the neighborhood. God became flesh, and he moved into the neighborhood. Now, maybe you've had an experience before of returning to your former, former neighborhood. You've got such fond memories of it. You thought, I'd just kind of show back up in the neighborhood, right, and just pick up where I left off. And maybe you found that it just wasn't the same. It wasn't as you remembered it. Maybe you expected somehow this overwhelmingly warm reception, yet you received no special recognition and no specific reception. It's what sometimes I'll joke with my kids about. At the, at the height of receptivity is when you're, you, those around you will hoist you into the air, right, and parade you around the neighborhood. Maybe you've been in a former neighborhood thinking, well, surely they're going to remember all these fond memories that I have. As we talk about moving into the neighborhood, now we begin to understand how it might have been for Jesus when it says that he became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Even Jesus as an adult later talked about how difficult it was for him to even perform miracles and receive honor in his hometown. After all, people knew him as this kid Jesus, right? Who'd grown up in the neighborhood. Of course, the implications of our theme this evening of Christ in our world go far beyond joining the neighborhood. This is, after all, Jesus incarnate. God in the flesh. As the angel said to Joseph, this is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ, as the prophet Isaiah said in of verses that we already read, that he is that wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but if there's ever a time that we need Christ in our world, it is now. It is the 2020 pandemic when there continues to be so much unrest, whether it's unrest economically, whether it's unrest politically or socially, or frankly, you name it. It seems like every sector of our life experience has some measure of continued unrest. We need this Advent season to remind us, especially now, 
of God with us, of God in the flesh, Christ in our world. You know, it's, t- it's tempting in these times to adopt a survival type of mentality, kind of this sense that, what do I need to do to just get through, right? Like, what do I need to do to just get through? When you think about what Jesus had to endure, ultimately going to the cross, what if Jesus had taken that similar kind of survivalist mentality? What, what can I do just to get through? And that wasn't Jesus' attitude at all. You see, Christ in our world isn't generally the path of least resistance, but I assure you it is the path of the greatest reward. The life of Jesus Christ really speaks to the power of presence, the power of God taking on flesh and being present with mankind, that Jesus would come to be present with us, that he would come to those with greatest need, and that as we consider that power of presence, that we ourselves would choose to be present with those around us, present in the lives of family and friends, socially distanced, of course, right? But still, nonetheless, present with those who have need right around us, the power of presence. You see, while Jesus is not physically walking among us at this moment, clearly, he came for all who had need. And as a result, because Jesus is not physically walking among us at this moment, we still have the opportunity to represent Christ in our world today. I want you to consider, as you see that statement, our opportunity to represent Jesus Christ. Might I suggest to you to throw a hyphen and represent and see it as our opportunity to represent Jesus Christ to our world. For you to represent Jesus through your actions, through your life. Actions that might look like this, where there is hopelessness, that Jesus wants to speak through your life to offer hope. Where there may be strife, where there may be unrest, that Jesus wants to work through you to offer peace. Where there is discouragement, that Jesus might flow through you to offer a measure of joy, a joy that is beyond just simply our circumstances, where there is hatred, where there is uncaring actions that Jesus wants to inspire you to act out of love. Being Christ in your world means that your actions, that my actions, that my attitudes reflect the heart of God. In the New Testament, in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 25, Jesus is sharing an account of some of the most vulnerable, of some of those who are considered the least in that culture and in that community. And Jesus, in essence, kind of tells his followers this. He says, "What what you did for others, you did for me. What you do for others, you do for me. When you've done it unto the least of those, the most vulnerable, Jesus says, 
that you have done those things for me. Our attitudes, our actions, if we're going to be Christ in our world, should reflect the heart of a loving and compassionate God. Let me ask you, do your actions, will your actions moving forward represent and reflect Jesus Christ? Just as the light that pierced the darkness, that Bethlehem night, when the angel appeared to the shepherds, again, an account we read from Luke 2 a little earlier, we recognize that this Messiah child, this Son of God, is no other than Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Jesus offers this description of himself in John's Gospel, in chapter 8 and verse 12, when he says that I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It seems to take us right back to the opening passage of our message this evening in John 1 and verse 5, when John describes Jesus, the word, it says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Other translations of Scripture say, and the light and the darkness has not understood it, has not understood the light. Friends, at this Christmas, we have the opportunity to recognize and to receive that light, Jesus Christ, personally for ourselves. And in a few moments, as I'm going to lead us in prayer, maybe this evening is, is the night for you to surrender your life to Jesus, to say, you know what, I feel like I'm walking around in darkness. I don't feel like I've got the light of Christ at work within me. Friends, Christ in our world means that Christ can be in your world, that Christ can be in your life, that he will be the light in some very dark places that may exist within you. My hope and my prayer for you is may the world see Christ in you. May the world see Christ in you. The Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament book, called Colossians. In fact, it's going to be a book that we're going to start unpacking on Sunday mornings in our teaching, starting a week from this Sunday on January 3rd. We invite you to join us. It's a series that we're simply call it, called Rooted in Christ. But the Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament book of Colossians that this whole idea of being, let, may the world see Christ in you, really boils down to this. Paul says, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Friends, we have the benefit of being recorded in Scripture, the, the birth and the life and the teachings of Jesus, the miraculous things that he did, the lives that he impacted, and ultimately surrendering his life on a cross and yet being risen from the grave so that we might have life. The light of Christ had come into the world. May the world see Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Will you pray with me this evening? God, we look to you in this time. God, we trust 
in your faithfulness. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your compassion and in your grace. Lord, I pray that if tonight, whether in person or somewhere online in the live stream, God, if there are those who are recognizing that they don't have the light of Christ within them, then maybe now is that moment, God, where simply in the confession of our sin, the receiving of your forgiveness, God, we might invite you to become our Lord and Savior, to be the light source within us. God, as maybe that prayer is offered by many this evening, would you receive that, God? Would you forgive us of our sins? And would you come into our lives, God, and would you bring with that the light of the world that comes through your Son, Jesus Christ? Lord, I pray that in the dark places of our world, in the dark places of our own lives, that Christmas is the opportunity as Jesus comes to shine the light in those dark spaces, to bring hope, to bring peace, to offer joy, to extend love. Christ in our world. God, thank you for this greatest gift. In Jesus' name, amen.